There's 162 games of the baseball season and winter comes along just to end it. So the annual problem for a baseball fan is finding a good way to watch it. Like maybe going to the park or watching on TV or just catching the highlights. Watching Donaldson strike out again or seeing Judge hit 62 bombs. Bang! Bogart's leaving town, Kike making plays or Kenley closing the door. Debating with your friends, making dumb bets, or complaining about the umps again. As you can tell, there's a whole lot of stuff to hear before winter comes again. Let's go, y'all. So chill with us, because Gamby and Beal are going to say it all. So chill with us, because Gamby and Beal are going to say it all. Man, Fred, Gamby and Beal made a podcast. Hello and welcome back to season two of the Yank Your Socks Off podcast, a podcast produced by two best friends who despise each other's baseball teams, but love each other anyways. We hope you enjoy. Thank you for tuning in now to the show. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Yank Your Socks Off podcast. I am the Yankees fan of this podcast. I am... Andrew Gambardello III, and joining me, as always, my best friend and Red Sox fan of this podcast, Mr. Matthew David Beal. Beal, how are you doing today? Hello, hello. I am doing well. Um, and why is that? I don't know. I, I mean, the Red you, Sox don't suck. Uh, and you're just your happy, jolly fellow that you always are. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy, jolly fellow. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, you forgot nice. to mention beautiful in there. Yes. Happy, yeah. jolly, beautiful fellow. Yes. And caring and yeah. exceptional. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. Happy, uh, jolly, beautiful, caring, exceptional. Yeah. Uh, Etc. Yeah. You know, just, yeah, you just continue on with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, with that jolly note, we should continue on another little jolly note. Saquon Barkley has re-signed with our New York football giants for one year, albeit uh, obviously we wanted to lock him down for the rest of his career, but the way the running back market is right now, getting him to sign on the dotted line to come back for a year is I think a win for both sides. Yeah. Yeah. I was honestly surprised that they were able to negotiate something with where they left off a few weeks ago, but I mean, I'm happy with it. I, I hope Saquon's happy. And at least this shows that, you know, he will probably show up to training camp and, you know, be content with what he's got. But yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's been a painful uh, resolution to the Saquon issue. It, it felt very painless re-signing Daniel Jones. It felt like the right thing to do, but, um, you know, going about Saquon this way just felt, kind of dirty to me I, I don't know I, I mean like you said running backs uh are always gonna be a up and down in the market um right now obviously with injuries and short lifespan of running back in the NFL the value is down but at the same time um Saquon is a dude and you want to see him in Giants blue next year and I, I don't know for me that's what it comes down to you need him in this offense and you really can't make it work without him. I just don't see it being as you know effective as it was last year. So uh, him being behind the offensive line with Daniel Jones um, makes me happy. 
Yeah, I I agree. I think we are primed and ready to to take off this year if Darren Waller can stay healthy because he gives this he gives Daniel Jones the first real I think like superstar caliber pass catcher in offense. Yeah. I, I know he's not a wide receiver, but he is a top five tight end in the league and that's like talent wise he just can't stay on the field so yeah yeah we're just we just gotta pray that he can and obviously in this league you know sometimes injuries just happen and uh the giants haven't had the best injury luck uh probably mainly because that they practice and play on turf all of the time which has been proven to not be as good on the players than grass but that's a conversation for another day Today is a happy day uh, because of the Giants, because football is right around the corner. Fantasy football is right around the corner. And Beal, we're in the same fantasy league, your, your brother's fantasy league, and it's a keeper league. Now, I don't know if you want to – obviously, we can only keep players that we drafted in the fifth round or late, later, but – do you know who you're keeping for next season? Are you keeping anybody at all? Or do you want to keep that information close to the chest? I, I And I value if that if you if you choose that option. I'm going to be really honest here. I knew exactly who I was keeping at the end of the year. And I'm kind of forgetting uh, <laughs> my roster. But I believe, and I, I have no problem with saying it, I am very confident in my team's ability and uh, I, honestly, I, I mean, you know, I, I think I need to give some benefit to the, the other teams in this league to give them a chance to come back and, you know, compete with me. So I'm just going to say it. I believe Josh Jacobs will be my keeper, but I'll, I'll have to double check my team and make sure. But I believe he was drafted in, uh, you said it was fifth round or later. I think it was like the fifth round or whatever round it was that he could be in um and i have always picked josh jacobs ever since he came in the nfl because he's a dude that they just run it to over and over and over again um when he's on the field so i i know he's gonna get a big share of the football um and i have a lot of confidence in him and i was fortunate to snag him in uh, one of the later rounds okay wow all right well I'm not going to tell you who I'm keeping because you just gave me, you know, some needed draft. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, I am keeping my uh, Clemson quarterback, and that is um, Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, he's going to be the best quarterback in the league this year, and I uh, to get him as an eighth-round pick coming into this year I think is an absolute steal. So, yeah, I won't be rooting for Clemson ever, but – once they graduate into the NFL, I could care really less where they went to college at this point. They produce. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, and my parents moved to Jacksonville, so I think I'm going to be able to watch him in person one week this year and go down there for a game. So, yeah. Duva. Chris. Chris. <laughs> I can't believe you're a Jacksonville fan. Okay. I like Jacksonville. Is that it? I mean, I just – I mean, I hate the Jags because of Trevor Lawrence, but, I'm, you know, I'm just committed South Carolina fan. What can I say? All right, that's fair enough. South Carolina over the Giants. Well, for me, it's it's 
I don't know. I don't I don't really want to pick one, but if I had to, I would go with the Giants just because I've been a Giants fan for much longer. And I remember the memories of watching the Super Bowls with my with my dad, my mom, and a bunch yeah. of my friends. And uh yeah, that was before those Super Bowls were before we knew each other. Yeah. So yeah. that's sad because we we, sad. we haven't been it's able been to time. celebrate a title together. Yep. Yeah. I, it, I, I except for the soon. the Nuggets, of course. Yeah, yeah. Our favorite team. <laughs> um yes. yeah, I, I mean I, I don't I don't know. It's it's tough for me, South Carolina versus the Giants, but um obviously lifelong Giants fan. Uh I've only been a fan of Gamecocks for seven years. But it's just I don't know, when you go to the school and when you're at all those games like I feel like I lived a lifetime of being a Gamecocks fan just because we went to every home game. It's like, it feels different. I, I don't know. It was a unique experience for me. Um, and I don't claim to be, you know, one of the diehard Columbia grown Gamecock fans, but you know, I embraced the Cox and uh, I, I feel very loyal to them. And I hate Trevor Lawrence for that reason. Um, and yeah, I just uh, I don't know. I, I feel so, like I'm leaning towards the side of Gamecocks over Giants. All right. I, I yeah. mean, from a perspective of if the Gamecocks won the national championship, I think I would be the happiest possible. But mainly because I would not expect that. Oh, uh, fair enough. Yes, I. But it would also be the most fun of like my teams winning a championship because like, I mean. Columbia would just be off the rails. I I tend to agree with you there. I also I get where you're coming from, like rivalry wise. I think for, with the Giants, to me, like you know, Cowboys player, let's say you know, CD Lamb goes and plays for another team. Like I'm still, you know, I'm not gonna despise him at that point. But like if Trevor Lawrence transferred from Clemson while he was in college and went to like Georgia or something like that, yeah. or so even to play. like Ohio state. And we never even played him. I would have still despised him in, in college. So yeah. yeah, I, I agree with that point, but to me, once they graduate, they have no ties whatsoever. It's not like, yeah, maybe 20 years down the road, they will be a coach of their alma mater, but I don't, I won't care at that point. Um, to me, we play fantasy football because it is a fantasy and it's outside realistic. So other than my biases that I don't draft um, commanders, Cowboys or Eagles on my teams ever. um, Yeah. I, I just realized I'm really being kind of a hypocrite here because I don't draft Cowboys, Eagles or commanders because I can't root for them, but I draft Clemson graduates. Yeah, it's that's an interesting take right there. Yeah, that's a double but, on top. That is, but I've been... I've done the same thing, and it's just I guess that separation because obviously fantasy is about the NFL. Sometimes you don't think about you know where the players come from, but if it comes down to Trevor Lawrence or Deshaun Watson, I'm, I'm not taking those guys. But I mean, well, I'm I not taking know. Deshaun like, Watson. Sammy for... Watkins, like I used to pick him all the time. I didn't think about him as a Clemson player, but then again, he went to Clemson before I went to South Carolina. So, like, I, I didn't have a really, I don't know, I didn't have hard 
feelings about him or like DeAndre Hopkins. I didn't have that harsh feelings against him. Um, it, it is what it is, but everybody who's gone to Clemson since then, it, it requires a little bit of like getting past, like when BJ Goodson drafted, got drafted by the giants or when, uh, um, Dexter Lawrence, uh, got drafted. It just, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard sometimes. Yeah. It, it's a struggle. Uh, and, but that's just because we're in touch with our emotions and, you know, sports is a good way for us to express those emo- emotions. Cause you know, as men, sometimes we, we fail to openly express our emotions, but we certainly get those across in sports. And now that I just put myself in a, in a blender with that whole discussion of being uh, a hypocrite with my biases in the NFL I'm thinking about I got to trade Trevor Lawrence from my fantasy team at this yeah, point. For yeah, sure, for sure. For Do you sure. want him? Nope. Nope. Okay. I'm good. I'm good. If I traded for him, I'd flip him for somebody, but I, I don't think oh, I could okay. flip him for anybody good because he just – he sucks. <laughs> uh, I, I don't agree with that. He is very talented, and he was a number one overall pick in the NFL for a reason. People like to think so, but yeah, yeah, but you don't. You see right no, through it. Yes. No. I see he right is, through the bullshit and the he, golden locks. <laughs> well he probably won't ever win a Super Bowl because he plays in Jacksonville. But you yeah. know um if he does, would you admit that he's a good football player if he somehow pulls off a Super Bowl? No. With the, oh come on. With the Jaguars, I would admit it at that point. I would probably say that Gardner Minshew is the reason why they're there. Mm, mm, because either. that's that's a valid point. Why? Because Gardner was on the team his rookie year? He made them. He made the Jaguars what they are right now. Him and Blake Bortles have more bearing on their success than Trevor Lawrence does. <laughs> All right, so we're giving a ring to Urban Meyer, too, while we're at it. Exactly. Okay. Yes. He built the team you're incredible you you really are and i mean that in the most endearing way possible uh and not sarcastic at all but uh i uh, fully support that and understand where you're coming from i can't wait until we get to football season uh when we get to be friendly rivals again because uh there's no more majors for us to debate who the golf expert is but we can debate who the football expert is um, with how our fantasy teams shake out this year that's right and with that with that said we're gonna focus on we're gonna move on to what's really going on right now in the dog days of summer and that is the major league baseball season with the yankees and red sox approaching the trade deadline tomorrow, neither team has really moved the needle all that much. The Yankees haven't made a deal at all. And the Red Sox traded away Kike Hernandez. Um, they got a little younger. And I think that was a good move for them to be kind of like a discount seller. Like, you know, sell like a piece or two for just younger assets because they know that coming into the year, there wasn't many expectations on the team. They knew that they were building for really next year for them to be able to compete really well. And and they have a very good lineup. They just need more arms. Um, and that is very apparent. But the Yankees haven't chosen a direction yet. And I'm glad you let me lead here with the baseball conversation because 
I've said it from the start. You know this um, from this podcast. A month into the season, I said this this team was not it. That was before Aaron Judge got hurt. That was before, you know, Aaron Boone decided to blow like five games in a row with misusing the bullpen. That was before a lot of things happened um, during this season. That was before DJ LeMahieu decided to forget how to hit. Um, and uh, Giancarlo Stanton is Giancarlo Stanton. But with all those things said, this team needs to sell. I don't know if they're going to do it. I think they might just stand pat because the front office and the owner probably don't agree on every, anything. But I think Glaber Torres needs to be traded. I love Harrison Bader. I think he should be in pinstripes for the rest of his life. But if they traded him for a solid prospect with him be being a free agent going into this summer, I don't think that's a bad move either. If they could get anything for Luis Severino at this point, please, please do that. Um, I think the talent is still there with Severino, but he has not, he's performed like one of the worst pitchers in the league since he came back from injury. Um, and the Yankees should not be ones to be patient. They need to look for the future. This is an aging roster and it, it needs to be set up for the future now, because even so now we're the second worst team in the division. We I, obviously we're in last place, but we're better than we're going to finish better than the Red Sox just because the Red Sox have no pitching. I um, mean, the Yankees might, might go for it. I mean, that I'm just stating my truth here, which, which will end up being factual by the end of the season, but we're not better than the Blue Jays. We're not better than the Orioles as seen this weekend. And we're probably going to get swept by the Rays here, right, right into the deadline. We're going to get swept by the Rays at home. Now, if that doesn't tell you as a front office that this team needs to sell, I don't know what does. Wave the white flag. We will understand as Yankees fans that we're reloading to next season. We have a rookie playing shortstop. Soon enough, we'll probably have a rookie playing second base too and a rookie in, in center field pretty soon with Pereira and AAA absolutely crushing it right now. This team needs to go young at this point. It's Aaron Judge. The lineup is Aaron Judge and everybody else. They need to put some solid players around Aaron Judge for the future moving forward. Otherwise, this team just can't compete with the, the rest of the behemoths in the AL East. You know, that's that's really something there. That's a lot to unpack. Um, but I, I got hung up on one thing, and you said the Yankees would finish better than the Red Sox. I knew I you would get hung up that. on the least important detail <laughs> of that whole rant. <laughs> I, and I, just, I knew that would be a sticking point with you, but I just disagree. <laughs> that's fair enough. Tell me why you disagree for this season. So I disagree because the Red Sox are now only two and a half games back of, well, hold on. I think we're two and a half games back of the Blue Jays and five games back of the Rays. I, I, I'm not expecting that we'll pass the Rays, but I have us in third place to end off the year. Uh, Orioles, Rays, Red Sox, Blue Jays, Yankees, and dead last, not even eclipsing 500. Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> you, you see, um, because I, I've seen all I need to see about the Yankees. They're just... 
they're soft. Um, they oh. don't have a good manager, and okay. they don't have any direction. Um, the Red Sox, on the other hand, do have direction, and it's an upwards direction. We we saw what the Red Sox were at the beginning of the year. Um, we see what they're doing now, where you know they come out of a a five game stretch against the Braves and the Giants and come out three and two. Um, that, you know, doesn't sound like a lot. It's barely over 500, but if you're playing over 500 ball against, uh, you know, leaders in the league, like the Giants and the Braves, uh, you got to be happy about that. Um, the Giants are fighting hard in the, the NOS right now. And the Braves are, dominating the MLB with a 25% chance to win uh, the World Series at this point. So I've got to look at that pretty optimistically. Um, This Red Sox team is still Chris Sale, Trevor Story, um, Garrett Whitlock, and Tanner Houck short. But all those guys are coming back soon. Trevor Story has already started his rehab assignment um, and hit two home runs in the minors. Uh, Chris Sale will be coming back in the next month, likely, and Whitlock and and Hauk are uh, nearing their rehab assignments as well. So this Red Sox team is getting better, and I do think they're going to make some moves at the trade deadline. I don't think they're going to necessarily make the Red Sox significantly better, but they have pieces, and we talked about this last podcast, but they have pieces in Adam Duvall and James Paxton who teams that are going for the World Series and trying to win a World Series are going to go very hard after. The Red Sox are trying to make the playoffs. I I said before, I I don't think I view them as a World Series team. Uh, Obviously, anything can happen in October, so I'm not going to, you know, uh, curb their potential. But I I don't see them going for the World Series, at least not all out. Um, I do see the Red Sox uh, giving up. James Paxton and Adam Adam Duvall in trades that don't allow the Red Sox to completely fold their position. Um, I, I see, you know, us getting back AAA or, or young MLB pitchers for those guys uh, who teams don't think have the, the postseason uh, presence or postseason capability of performing well where Duvall and Paxton have, uh, well, not so much Paxton, but mainly Duvall has shined in the past, and Paxton just being a a long-tenured pitcher in the MLB like he is, uh, being a guy who definitely uh, seems like he could pitch well in the postseason. I think those guys are going to be valued a ton, and the Red Sox will be able to get some MLB talent in return for it. But with Paxton you know, going out and Chris Sale coming back in the rotation – you're kind of at a net zero benefit. And then Duvall and Duran have already been splitting time in center field. And um, I I don't see that as really making us a much worse team. Obviously, you're, you're losing a really good righty batter, but um, the Red Sox have those positions to fill. So uh, I, I think they're in a really good position right now to to build around their young talent bring in some 24 25 year olds um while also being just as capable and talented as a team going into the postseason um i and really i i mean you could see it in the record itself but the red sox are just getting better and better as the season goes on and the yankees are getting worse and worse so i I don't see that changing I, i think the red sox are gonna 
continue up in the AL East division. Um, and the Yankees are going to just sit at the bottom. Yeah, you know, honestly, I hope you're right. I'm not going to lie. Like, the only thing more <laughs> embarrassing for this front office and not making the playoffs is finishing dead last in the AL East and finishing behind the Red Sox. Those three things happen. They're which would make my day is we change our general manager. We change our head, our, our manager going into next season. And we get some turnover on this roster, some new blood, some, some younger guys that we have a solid farm system. So I, I don't, obviously I don't want all these guys to lose their job, but somebody's got to, I mean, the payroll is, top three in the league every year they have the most some of the most money to work work with other than probably the Mets because Steve Cohen's checkbook sees dollar signs and zeros as as nothing as pennies but other than that this Yankees team has the most money to spend and they have not been they're not even gonna make the playoffs this year it's just it's upsetting you shouldn't feel bad at all for me. You should be enjoying every second of this because I hope next year with some new blood, some new leadership, this Yankees team is going to be right back to being a World Series contender next year. But they are not that this year, and they won't be because they have yet to make a move at the deadline. Yeah, and I, I really hope that the Red Sox do make some moves. Um even if it looks like it might make us a worse team in the next couple of weeks. Like I said, we have enough reinforcements coming back. That I really don't think getting rid of Paxton or Duvall makes us that much worse. And the value that they have on the open market right now is just extraordinary compared to the fact that you're going to lose them at the end of the year. Um, and if you were really on a postseason trajectory and you were you know, leading the league and wins, that's one thing, but, um, it, the Red Sox aren't. So like, you gotta, you gotta get value out of those players for some young guys filling your rotation for next year. You're building around Bayo, Whitlock and Hauk right now, get some more 25, 26 year old starting pitchers. Uh, I've said his name before, but Edward Cabrera is incredible and Miami Marlins are in the thick of it for the wild card. So I, I think, you know, trading a package of veterans to a team like Miami, who really is trying to make a postseason push, um, it could be beneficial. And I, I think guys like that are available on teams that are trying to make that, you know, last ditch effort to get in the postseason. And um, I'd, I'd much rather some youth on this team rather than, uh, let contracts expire. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But again, like you said, the Red Sox haven't made moves uh, at this trade deadline. They they made two trades last week, but I they were so um, they felt so insignificant at the time that I can't even remember the players that we got. It was one righty reliever, and I think we got a lefty reliever or something. But one was going straight to the AAA, so like nothing significant or big. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm just hoping that we get somebody back that uh could uh help bolster this young rotation and this young lineup. Um I heard Verdugo's name out there as a 
trade piece again it's just the Red Sox have four outfielders and they're you know they have Sedane Rafaela who uh, is likely coming up probably at the beginning of next year um, who's an outfielder so trading Verdugo uh, while you have a lot of value for him if if you really don't think that he's going to be a guy in this lineup going forward if you don't think he's a pillar to this offense then go ahead and trade him but um this is the time where you're going to get the most value for guys like that so you know make the moves you need to make think about the future but hopefully the red sox won't get significantly worse this is obviously not a selling team um the intent is to to bring in mob talent uh but ship out maybe world series talent and you know expiring contracts that we just simply don't need right now Okay, fair enough. And yeah, I forgot about Bello. I love Bello. He is his he's a freaking master. He is a great young starter, and he will be a Red Sox for a long, long time, which is scary. And Hopefully. same thing with Yoshida, and same thing with Devers. And yeah, I, I mean, it, you just have you. I mean, the Red Sox have a scary. Duran. They have a better line. I think Duran is a flash in the pan, but. Uh, he's been insane this he year. He has. He has been absolutely incredible, but he was so bad last year. It's just, I don't know. I don't know what his, they have all those like luck stats and baseball and bat to ball and, um, and like how fast you hit it off the bat. I, I forget the, the term they use for that, for that. Yeah. Uh, but so I'll, uh, I'll let you know what his uh, baseball savant page is looking like right now. Um, he is definitely a player that is just drilling the ball this year. Um, it, from the looks of it, there's not a lot of luck involved, uh, but he has an average exit velo, 65th percentile, 89th in max exit velo, 77% Ooh. hard hit rate. Um, good. Expected batting average is 77th percentile. His outfield jump is 99th percentile, 96 in sprint speed. This dude is an all-around talent. Um, his barrel percentage is a little bit low at 33. Strikeout percentage is 30th percentile. But like these are these are stats. Obviously, his approach can be worked on, but the the raw talent is there. He smokes the ball and he's super quick. Obviously, has great outfield instincts. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I mean, I agree with you. I'm not 100% sold on him. I, I've seen enough bad games from him that I'm still wary, but I've seen enough good from him this year that, you know, leads me to believe otherwise. Um, he had an incredible, uh, what month was it? I think it was May. He had a really great May and then kind of a down um, June month and then has been at, like otherworldly in July. So um, this is a guy who has gone through the ups and downs this year and showed that he can can get back to where he was before. So I I, I like Duran a lot right now, and I'm pretty high on him. And Cassis as well. Tristan Cassis has been one of the hottest hitters in the MLB this year uh, ever since you know the start. Obviously, he was terrible in the first month, but ever since then, he's been – incredible his batting average is like up to 260 with the 860 ops so i mean that's that's all you could hope for in a rookie first baseman um 
and he's just smoking dingers as well. So I I like this team a lot. Lots of lefties, though, which is, I don't know. I, I wish we had a few more righties. Okay. Well, the Yankees can certainly give you a few righties. Um, well, wait. Trevor Story's story coming back, and he's better than any Yankee player. So, Wow, that is just f- false, and you know that. But that doesn't matter because that does it for us today. And I, you know, I, we started on a jolly note, and then I get started on the Yankees, and it just goes way downhill from there. Um, but before we leave today, I want to get your guess on the Red Sox record for this week. You picked the record correctly of four and two for the Red Sox last week, and I nailed the Yankees at three and three again. I am trailing you by one on uh, weeks on the year of us predicting our team's records, and it is currently six to five. We don't we've done pretty well. I, I think the final score last year was six to four of the whole season, so it looks like we're going to be able to eclipse the record that I set last year. So. Um, yeah, good for us, I guess. We know our team's better at this point. We're getting better at this. Oh, yeah. All right, Peel. So what's your Let's prediction for this week um, for the Red Sox? So the Red Sox have a tough schedule ahead of them. We've got the Mariners for the next three days, and then we got the Blue Jays this weekend. Blue Jays is a must win. I pointed out that we're two and a half games behind them right now. For the wild card, uh, for the third place behind the Rays and the the Astros, so need to win that series at the very least. Um, and I, I think you need to win the the Mariners series as well. They're they're also a team that has been streaking the AL and kind of close to the wild card. So um, I'm gonna go four and two. Four and two. Okay. Um, do you want me to? Count the Yankees game today because coming into today, I thought the Yankees were going to go two and five. And um, they are currently losing to the Rays, which only makes me think that two and five could be one and six. But um, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I think they're going to go two and five. They have three games at home against the Rays. Usually, usually this team is much better at home. That's okay. Um, and then the Yankees get to play none other than the Houston Astros for a four-game set. Oh, fun. Yeah, very fun rest of the week, also at home. So seven straight games at home, seven straight is a, is a lot. I think they will lose two out of three of the Rays, and I think they will lose three out of four to the Astros and go two and five. All right. Um yeah, and, that's that's fair. And I think they will sell. I think Glaber Torres will be traded. I think Harrison Bader could be, although I don't want him to be traded. I think Juan B. Peralta will be traded, even though I don't want him gone because he is a free agent after this year. And I think Connor Falefa will be gone as well. And he's he's been pretty good as a as a utility guy, so he has some value. Um but I think those three names are the, the most likely to get traded from, from the Yankees this uh, this this uh, trade deadline season. And it's sad. Like coming into this year, I said this team didn't have it as a World Series contender, but we're definitely a playoff team. That cannot be said anymore. This team is a dumpster fire. But, you know... 
I mean, I, I don't have a lot to add to that. I All right, disagree. that's three. Yeah, thank you, thank you. You could pour <laughs> more fire into the dumpster, more gasoline into the dumpster. But I, I thank you. you it's at. I thank you for not doing that. Um, for those of you who tuned in, thank you for for sticking along with my rants and enjoy your sunsets, your sunrises, your brunches, your lunners. And as always, be able to take us out. Let's go Pavetta. <laughs>